0: I think that's enough said about that. Number one, abortion. Number two, the sexual things, the the feelings of people that need help uh, and to be guided towards the way they're bent. Number three, runaway spending. And now number four, for the first time, for me as a pastor, we gotta close the borders. We have to do that to protect our people. Well, hello there. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening, good night, whatever it is for you. I'm so glad that you're picking up this podcast. I'm uh, Dan Boone, pastor of Church of Tomorrow here in Oklahoma City. And we're so glad to be able to spend a few minutes with you. We appreciate that opportunity and it will help that uh, we can bring some encouragement to you, bring some things to you to give you a little something to stimulate your thinking uh, or something that will maybe bring a confirmation into your life. You know, it's kind of difficult sometimes being a pastor and going to a something that sounds like uh, I'm talking about something political, you know? Uh, a lot of people think that's wrong. And I have news it's not wrong for a pastor to talk political because God's on the top, but yes, politics basic, basically touches all of our lives. And if we don't take the... Uh, step forward to speak to certain issues that are being discussed politically and then I would not be doing my job I would not be doing what the people of church of tomorrow expected or what you as an audience would expect so what we're going to do today is we're going to talk about politics and the Bible and I'm not going to make it a generic thing I want to be very specific I have said in the past that there are three things that are not really something that we push biblically because they're moral issues. Well, those those three things, I've added a fourth one now. So we've got four things that I believe that the Bible does share about, but also believe that good common sense people, if they really study the situations and look at them, then they'll also agree that these are good moral objective Uh, standpoints that we must take in our country if we're to survive as a republic. And I don't make any excuses. I don't make any apologies for saying this. Uh, It's something that I think needs to be brought out into the open. And as the founding of this country was done with a a vast majority of people uh, being on the uh, constitutional uh, documents, being pastors. I believe that I'm kind of just following along the footsteps of those that have prepared the way before us. Now, I don't do this in church on Sunday morning much. I may touch on it. I may mention it. I don't really, you know, preach a message on it uh, unless it's something that I really feel called to do. And, and it, I wouldn't apologize uh, for me or anybody else that would share any of these four parts as a, as a message because they're all scriptural. And so, let's get right into it. Let's talk about four different things. Number one, something that's been a very hot button issue up until about a week or two ago, and then of course it'll come back, there's no doubt about it. But that's the issue of abortion. And God says that we must choose life, not death. That it's good for us, it's good for those around us. But you know, we believe as a country in life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. How can somebody pursue happiness and live unless they're alive and a baby in the womb is a baby in the womb Uh, it's not a blob it's not a piece of something from the very point of conception scientifically proven that that is an independent human being with its own distinctive and unique dna so that is a new person that has been Conceived, has been made, if you would, and has had life brought into it. And regardless if it's a minute old or if it's eight months and six days old, whatever, uh, eight months, three weeks, and six days, then it's a human being. And we should respect that. We should honor that. As a Christian, I honor that as being made in the image of God. And it's amazing how most people, maybe maybe as few as 50%, maybe as low as half, of ladies that bring a child to a point where they can have a sonogram make, made will actually, who were, to, who were planning on aborting that child will not abort that child because they realize, wow, there's somebody in my womb and I want to make sure that I take care of them because that's the instinct of a mother. So I just wanna share that this country will be much better off, better blessed, if we allow the children in the womb to live. There are a lot of uh, states now with this new uh, ruling from the Supreme Court that will make their own decisions. And state by state, we shall, we shall choose life or we shall choose death. Uh, we, will, uh, we as a nation, I believe from a, a spiritual point of view, we have now an opportunity to repent over the tens of millions of babies killed in the womb, especially in the last 70 years. And that we will take this opportunity to turn things around and actually start bringing our babies full term. That's what I believe would help everybody and everything. And you know, if we had more babies born in this country, we would have more economical benefits, we would have more, when I say benefits, I'm talking about working. Uh, We need people on the bottom end, so to speak, if you would, the young age coming up. That's one reason some people want to open the borders is because we want labor. Well, how about using our girls and boys that are teenagers to be available for those type of jobs and then let them grow into what they're gonna do later on and build some Uh, working cultural habits as well as uh, work culture, and getting in them the, the idea that, hey, you know, if I'll get out here and work hard, things are gonna be pretty fine for my life. We have that in this country. We have that opportunity for each and every person, regardless of who they are. Now, number two. Number two is all of the sexual craziness that have gone on, especially in the last few years. Now, it's been going on for probably the last, I don't know, let's say, it's gone on for a long time, but it's been such a minute percentage of people that even would talk about it. But it's been in, uh, in a common, common, uh, common cultural conversations uh, the last 20 years, but it's really escalated the last three or four, and even the last two years. And that's the LBGT stuff. Now, I wanna make right off the bat, I want you to know, that God loves LGBTQ people. He is love and He loves you as a human being. We as a church love LGBTQ people. I as a pastor, I as an individual love LGBTQ people, but I don't agree with their behavior. And the reason I don't is because God says it's not good. And statistically, scientifically, data-wise, it proves the same thing to be true. And especially when it's coming to the point of minors, children under 18, making decisions that they're not able to make in their lives. You know, you go, you take a 10-year-old, take them to the ice cream store, and they're gonna have a difficulty picking the ice cream flavor they want, most of them are. How much more important is it the rest of their life to know something that's correct sexually, uh, even physically uh, with them. Uh, Because there are so many things that they can make a decision on that they really don't have the ability to make that decision. That's the reason they need parental love and care. And parents are there to help guide the child in the way they should go. Guide them in their bent. That means that You guide the child in the things that are good for them, things they want to do, give them boundaries to work out of. That's part of life, that's part of growing up. We all make mistakes. Parents are there to pick their children up and explain to them when they make a mistake, to uh, apply appropriate uh, discipline, uh, to be able to nurture them and love them through difficulties. That's that's the joy of parenting. And whether you have one child or 15, (laughs) That's the joy of parenting, and we should take that as an honor that we have the responsibility and the privilege and the opportunity to speak into the lives of young boys and girls growing up to help them be formed towards their bent, whether it's their social life, whether it's their occupational, whether it's their academical things that they need to be able to learn uh, growing up, whatever it is. How how does a man treat a woman? How does a woman receive a man? How how do these things all happen? How do they go about? What is going on in your life today, young man or young lady? I want to talk to you about it. Let's get together and see how we can help you with this situation, whatever it is. To be there to rah, rah, rah for the sports games. To be there to acknowledge them and their, their accomplishments. To be there, like I said, to pick them up when they make a mistake, or when they fall, when they do something wrong. Uh, My daddy came to the police department to pick me up before I got locked up in jail for being drunk when I was 16 years old. I don't say that proudly, but I say it, my my dad loved me enough to be there. He could have left me in the slammer for a day or two or three or whatever he wanted to do. Or maybe he could have just been out drinking himself. That's the difference of being a parent and just being a conceived (laughs) parent. conceiver, a a uh, progenitor, <laughs> uh, however you want to say it, uh, and, and we need parents, and we need parents that have skills and trains. It's the reason we're, we're always trying to help people at church uh, with their kiddos. If they need that, uh, we take the measures to use the things that we knew and the certifications and areas that we've uh, worked through and learned and passed and exams and things to be able to help them. Uh, in a normal working environment in life, in a normal family environment. Why do you have those feelings when you hit puberty? Why do you feel different than you did last year? What's happening with you? All the things, this is great, this is honorable. Speak into the lives of our kids. And if you're a grandparent like I am or a great-grandparent like I am, uh, a neighbor, uh, just a friend, uh, uh, hey, let's take advantage of that let's encourage and just don't stop encouraging when they turn 18 either let's let it go all the way up praise god (laughs) number three runaway spending we have no right to blow money just because we want to spend something you don't have that as an individual you don't have it as a marriage or a family you don't have it in a business Uh, only place that uh, gets to print their own money is the federal government And that is unconscionable that they would do what they're doing and just, okay, here's another almost trillion dollars. We're going to spend it and we're going to call it the (laughs) Inflationary Recovery Act. And they've now admitted that, uh, yeah, 0.1% of inflation will be aided and uh, reduced by this new bill. That's ridiculous. And they're spending so much money that will do the exact opposite. It's okay to spend. I'm not going to get into why the money was spent. We ought to look at that. That's very important. Because I think if you do that, most everybody would be shocked left and right. But let's talk about the fact that we're just blowing money we don't have. We have money that uh, we're trying to bring other facets of money coming in when we've got more money coming in the federal tillers than we've ever had in the history of this country. We need to live within our means. And that's all there is to it. We, we cannot just frivolously spend money. That is not being faithful over what we got. That's not being a good steward of who we are. That's not being responsible. And it's uh, growing a debt that's inconceivable. A uh, mountain's high debt that has to be dealt with some day, some way. And not just kicked the, kicking the can down the street, hoping that uh, it'll keep rolling. I think that's enough said about that. Number one, abortion. Number two, the sexual things, the the feelings of people that need help uh, and to be guided towards the way they're bent. Number three, runaway spending. And now number four, for the first time, for me as a pastor, we gotta close the borders. We have to do that to protect our people Yes, we want immigration. Yes, we want to be available for immigration. But we want to do it according to the law set in place. And why do we want to do it? Because the purpose of government is to protect people. And people need to be protected. People coming across the border need to be protected. Uh, Child trafficking, uh, sexual advantages over, over women and young girls. Oh my gosh, it's out there. It's out there. It's out there. And then how about all the fentanyl made in China coming through Mexico? How about, I know, uh, I believe it was June. 51 different countries came through our southern border. 51 different countries. There's not that many in the Western Hemisphere. Hemisphere. (laughs) There's not that many. So guess what? We're having people come in from that we don't know. They caught something like 35 approximately. uh, People that were on the the most uh, sought after terrorist list. How many did we not catch out of the hundreds of thousands that came across the border? I want to be protected, but most of all, I want my family protected, I want our church people protected, I want the people around me protected, and just open borders and let people come in here, and then what do we do? We supply them with all sorts of benefits that most of us as Americans don't get, and I'm not saying that I want any. But I'm just saying that that is the thinking process. And that's the audacity for our federal government to come out and say, yeah, flood the borders. Uh, you, you know, when these people end up in uh, states, Northeast, Northwest, North, they, they, they agree with Texas, New Mexico, Arizona, California, Florida, the states that get it so easily. They agree. I, I know Idaho's had an issue. They voiced the issue that they're having all these people coming in they don't know what to do with them. They're non-English speaking, they don't know anything about America. They just want to come over here to have freebies and make money and send it back home. We need to have immigration, no doubt about it. We want people who want to be here, who want to establish a life and grow with America. That helps all of us, and America has always been open to that. But America should not be open to a place that allows every person in regardless of who they are where they're coming from what their background is what they're bringing with them it's ridiculous so so be it those are my four points are you still happy with me <laughs> well i believe it's you know i said this in all sincerity and you're welcome to make your comments below uh, you're welcome to to give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down i really don't care Uh, I'm glad to respond to questions or thoughts if you'd like for me to. I'm not here to rail anybody. I'm not here to accuse anybody. I haven't mentioned a political party. I haven't mentioned a politician. I'm just saying that we as a people need to make changes on these four items at least. And we as a church need to be outspoken in a way that be received by people in a way they can hear and understand why this is so important to us. We love you, we care about you. Dan Boone, lead pastor, Church of Tomorrow, 6800 North Bryan, Oklahoma City, US of A. Send us your prayer requests too. We love you, catch you next time at Let's Talk About It Tomorrow.